Amen. So, uh, chapter three uh, for uh, for anybody who has read through the scripture even once is probably uh, I think anybody who's read through this probably remembers some of it. Uh, whether there's somebody who now walks with the Lord or not, but when you read through, this is a very uh, you know popular uh, um, passage as we as we look through a very popular chapter. Uh, there's a lot of secular discussion uh, regarding who Adam and Eve were, you know who God is, this Garden of Eden, where is it, and all these things. And we discussed last week. It as Peter said, it was destroyed uh, in in the old world by the flood. So. Um, Keep looking if you want. <laughs> if you're looking for that tree of life, you, you can keep looking. Um, but uh, that former has been destroyed, as Peter said. So uh, where we're picking up, uh, the man, uh, and they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Verse 3 says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. So as we get into Genesis 3, it's important to understand that this is, uh, Genesis 3 marks, it's in, uh, kind of the, uh, the origin of, of several things throughout, you know, powerful and things that we're still dealing with today. Um, uh, that it's uh, the, uh, the start and origin of many things, the fall of man and the entrance of sin uh, into the world. Um, we can learn of our enemy and his tactics because the tactics, when you look at, when we get into this a little bit deeper, we're going to see that his tactics have uh, been adapted over time, but they haven't changed a whole lot over time. Excuse me. Uh, it's the beginning of prophecy. We'll see that. It's a declaration that a savior was to come. Uh, introduction of atonement, uh, covering for sin, is is uh, shown in here. So, uh, you know, man was placed in paradise, and then uh, the choosing of sin uh, is is another thing that we'll read in here. Paradise, everything around, uh, just you know, all these 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 fruits available, and just uh, this wonderful uh, area that they're that they're placed in. And uh, they've got everything right available to them. And when man chooses sin, uh, we see that he's removed from um, the from Eden, and things change drastically for man at that point. Uh, so the rest of the Bible, as we read through it, it shows the depravity of man and God fixing it. You know, this is broken. God's fixing it. So we see that all the way through. But it's a very interesting chapter, very sad chapter um, for anybody who understands what this really means. So. When we get into verse 1, where we just read, Now the serpent was more cunning than the beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. We'll, uh, we'll just read even that part. So uh, we see here that, that um, there is a serpent that approaches. Uh, we Christians know that this is Satan and approaches Eve. And uh, some, some type of serpent, we don't know. You may see a picture of a snake or whatever. Um, but if you under, if you kind of look through and you read through this, um, it was cursed after. So, you know, as, as the serpent's approaching and, and speaking to Eve, uh, you know, the, the, the thing will show, you may see a picture of a, of a snake wrapped around, a, um, a, a branch or whatever. But, but this says, uh, you know, that the, the serpent was more cunning and wise in the field, uh, than any beast of the field. And, but we go on further when God curses the serpent, then it's told that it will be on its belly. So we don't know what the serpent was. You know, sometimes the Bible, as we've said, it's it's quiet about something. It's very dangerous for us to try to prove what it is. Sometimes it's an interesting, you know, look and go. Oh, you know, I, I think it might have been an alligator. I don't know, or you know, whatever. You know, you can you, you can get into uh, it's a reptile, but it, it also, but um, you know, when you get into these things, uh, you know, it can be it can be an interesting conversation. But just just because we see a picture of something doesn't mean that that's really how it was. Um, you know, when you see uh, you know a picture of of. Uh, Jesus on the cross, and he looks very, you know, handsome and everything. He was he was beaten to a pulp, you know. Um, they you know, so you just understand that just because something was pictured in a way that doesn't mean that that it's ex exactly representing what the Christian what the um, what scriptures say. So, sorry. Why it was talking? It was a serpent. 
right here. Uh, so it's it's Satan disguised. And so uh, the the scripture, Second uh, Corinthians eleven verse fourteen, um, uh, Paul said that you know Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. So with, with him uh, having that ability, uh, that that uh, in, you know if you look at Balaam, uh, the uh, you know the donkey talked. You know, so there there are things that we see in the scripture. I mean, we we haven't witnessed those things, but there are things that you know, spiritual things that that happen that that we don't necessarily have an answer for. You know, how did that thing learn how to speak English? <laughs> you know, or, or or whatever it was speaking at the time. So um, so we don't we don't really know. There there isn't a whole lot described. We just know that you know the, the serpent could speak and knowing that satan can transform himself in, uh, to appear as an angel of light uh you know there are uh and, and the same thing as an, a demon taking over somebody um you know when they were cast out there were sometimes discussion that they could even speak they were speaking through that person you know with these weird voices and stuff like that so you know when we look in here uh it's uh, just as a, as a donkey spoke or whatever there are sometimes spiritual things that happen uh, to the physical and uh, and it could speak so yeah it, it's satan yeah the serpent was satan yep yep and we're gonna get into those uh, a few verses too that I, I hope no it's fine uh, that I think will open this up a little bit so um, so Satan uh, as I just shared uh, being uh, describing him uh, transforming himself into an angel of light as as Paul said there, there's the ability of that so so looking at who this serpent is and, and what it means it says that it was more the serpent was more cunning and cunning means wise or skillful Um and uh, but it doesn't necessarily always occur in the bad sense, you know. That cunning, you know. You, you we hear it in Maine all the time, you know. As a baby, ain't she cunning, right? You know, we we hear that all the time, you know. You know, and what they're saying is, is couldn't a smile from her make me do anything for her? You know, is the the connotation there? But Satan's very skillful. He's had he studied mankind for over six thousand years. He's had a lot of time. We're going to understand a lot more about him uh, as we move forward. One thing that's important is to understand he's not the little red guy with a pitchfork. Um, uh, that's uh, that's not. But uh, scripturally, when we when we consider uh, what the scripture says about who he is, I, I don't know where the cartoon pitchfork stuff came from and all those things. And uh, what we're going to see uh, through the scriptures, we're going to look at is that he's good looking, he's smart. He was cast out of heaven, and we know that he hates mankind. So he's the accuser of the brethren, as um, Revelation 12 says. He's our adversary. First um, Peter 5.8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's how we know he hates mankind. Uh, one of the reasons you don't just have to read that, but you can just, you know, it's, it's evident and so many other things also. But uh, when we see this here in the scripture, what it says, we understand that Jesus called him a murderer and the father of lies. And I'll read that from, uh, from John. Um, I think it's John eight. I have a, um, I have an asterisk there and I think the eight, I, I must've hit shift. Um, uh, but uh, uh, Jesus said to them, if God were your father, he's talking about the um, the religious leaders and uh, that were not following the Lord. He said, if God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth uh, and came from God, nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand uh, not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. There is no truth in him. There is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources. That with you know, what he has is all lies. He is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. That was a conversation Jesus had with the religious leaders. So we understand that Jesus is a... Uh, sorry. <laughs> That Satan is a murderer and uh, the father of lies. You know, when Jesus Christ says that of Satan, 
There's no question. I, I love that. The, so the, the, the misconceptions that we can see here, and I, I'm going to try not to get ahead of myself. You guys know how I like to do that. But the misconceptions that Hollywood uh, will will try to flood into our brain of how powerful Satan is and all these things. It's all a myth. He has nothing. He has nothing. Uh, when, when we stand in the power of God, he has nothing. When we stand on the word of God, he has nothing. What are we going to see as we go through there? He's a spirit. He's not omnipresent. Satan isn't to blame for all, all of the, the wrong that we have done. It's not like Satan's walking around with each one of us all the time. He's, he's not omnipresent. So he's a created being. And we're going to we'll look into some scriptures here and understand a little bit more of this. So how did he get in the Garden of Eden? The Garden of Eden. Isaiah chapter 14. Uh, so I have a lot of things to share with you, but we do have them up here. So um, uh, th th this study requires uh, a lot of um, uh, cross-references uh, so that we can uh, properly understand. So uh, Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 through 17 says, How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations. For you have said in your heart... I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation of the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest depths of the pit. Those who see you will gaze at you and consider saying, Is this the man who made the earth tremble? who shook kingdoms, who made the world as a wilderness and destroyed its cities, who did not open uh, the house of uh, the house of the, his prisoners. So Isaiah 14, uh, the, the thing that you're probably going to uh, take from this uh, the most and, and, and have with you as you remember it is uh, that he is called the one who weakened the nations. But Isaiah 14 shows us that there were five I will statements. That guy, Satan, kicked out of heaven. He said, I will ascend into, uh, into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the, the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation of the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Consider he, he wanted to be God. Filled with pride. And that got him booted. Got him kicked out. Ezekiel chapter 28 verses 12 through 18 says, you were the seal of perfection. So when we're trying to understand when I, when I said here uh, that, that Satan was, was beautiful, he's, a, he's an, an angelic being, he's an angel, fallen angel. And as we read these things, listen, listen to uh, the, uh, just, it, I'll just, I'll let the words speak for themselves. Um, you were the seal of perfection. Full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Doesn't sound like the little red guy, the evil red guy, little ugly thing, right? You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering, the sardis, the topaz, and diamond, beryl, onyx, and jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and emerald with gold. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created, created being. You are the anointed cherub who covers, angel. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of the fiery stones. You were perfect in all your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. By the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within. And you sin. Therefore, I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God, and I destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the fiery stones. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom from the sake, uh, for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings that they might gaze at you. Satan is not God's opposite. You know, uh, when you when we can we may see uh, a movie that I I mean I grew up in the 80s. There were all kinds of weird things you know you know created then, and 
um, when all the weird you know Freddy movies came out, all these all these really gory movies and that made you really um, fear a supernatural being um, that was coming for your life in your dreams or was going uh, that you that you had to that you had to have reverence for this supernatural be whatever the that murder was but but also um there were there were several times that that they would portray uh satan as this this worthy opponent to god or even in this world you'll just you just go have a discussion with some, i mean it might freak somebody out but if the discussion happens you know well who is satan oh he's god's enemy he's god's you know there's god and then there's satan like, like it's, you know, Rocky and Apollo or something, you know, that the, you know, these two equals are going to come together. I wonder who's going to win. Not even that at all. It's not even close to that. Not even close to that. Satan, Satan has no power. And, uh, we, we see that, uh, Satan, the demons, that they, uh, when, okay, we're going to get into it here. Uh, but Matthew chapter four. When Satan tempted, uh, when when Jesus was led away to be tempted in the wilderness, that how did Jesus how did Jesus battle it through the Word of God? And we're going to get into that a little bit further here, but but we're not we're not talking about this this okay we have an almighty good being and we have an almighty bad being that they're they're not even close. There's 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 no comparison to God. God says who who you know there is no other God beside me. So that if if God declares that, we have to understand that, and that the, everything else is created. Satan, we just read, is a, is a created being. He's a created being. Jesus said in Luke uh, ten eighteen, "I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning." So if we consider the scriptures that we just read, uh, we can understand why Satan fell, but we don't know when. Uh, and this is another one of those things. Scripture uh, doesn't exactly tell us when it happened, but we know that it did happen. Um, and we know that uh, his, based on everything that we can see here, uh, to understand that his fall occurred sometime between when the angels were created uh, and uh, the fall of man. So somewhere in between the angel's creation and the fall of man, uh, Satan fell. So, so we, we can just look at the scripture and understand those things. Uh, we, don't, we don't know if it was hours, days, years, or anything uh, before he tempted uh, Eve in the, in the garden, uh, but we just, we just know that it happened sometime before then. So that, that's what we can come to the conclusion of as we, as we put all these things together. We do know his end. Uh, we know his end. Revelation 20 tells us that his end is the lake of fire. There's nothing he can do about it. So uh, the the that I like that as we read in uh, Isaiah 14 where it says, you know, it, there's there's the question: Is this the one? Is this the one that's done all these things? Is this is the one? You know, when he's revealed, the question is going to be: Is this the one? You know, so so whatever glory. Uh, that that uh, that mankind wants to put on 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 the devil. The question is going to be asked: Is this the one? I'm like, wow, that's the one. Who knows? He might be, you know, you know cherub, uh, you know, cherub were big winged winged angels, but he's fallen. So, uh, you know, he had all this beauty and he had all these 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 uh, great things, and we know that he can disguise himself as an angel of light. But the question is going to be asked: This is the one. This is and uh, it's quite quite a bit to consider there. So uh, we spent a good amount of time on that. So I'm going to go back and read it, and then we're going to finish the end of uh, the second part of, um, of verse one. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made, and he said to the woman, "Has God indeed said, you shall not eat not eat of every tree of the garden?" So the first recorded words of Satan are questioning God questioning his word, questioning his authority. So his tactics haven't changed. Uh, that's, that's, that's what he does. He'll add to the scripture and take away from the scripture. So as we read through the scriptures and we see uh, Satan's, um, it, it, we only have three recorded uh, times where, where Satan speaks, uh, audibly speaks. I mean, we have Isaiah 14 where, where uh, it said what he did say, but we, we have here that he spoke in Genesis 3 and Job chapter 1. 
he speaks, and in Matthew chapter four uh, when he's uh, when he's uh, speaking to Jesus. So uh, just just those three. But his tactics haven't changed, and when we see in him the desire is to destroy man, he he just wants to bring destruction. And uh, he's he's the serpent of old that the scripture will just declare him as the serpent of old. Uh, he when he approaches Eve, he says, "Has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden?" So he misquotes God on purpose because God said in Genesis chapter two, verses sixteen and seven, it's uh, seventeen says, "And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree in the garden.'" But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. From the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. So he said, uh, has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree in the garden? So there's the, there's that twist. Add, take away. Uh, and uh, so he's setting a trap. And what we know uh, as we read forward is that Eve walks right into it. In verse 2, it says, And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the tree, by the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. So, so Eve doesn't see the trap being set. You know, just uh, anybody who's, who's good at trapping uh, can hide a trap. And uh, you, you're not going to see if anybody here is a hunter. You know that you don't you don't just set the trap with like you know signs that say instant death coming instant death you know the the, the trap the, the the goal of the trap is to to be deceptive and uh, to make somebody or something think that they're okay until boom and and it's and and they're not so Eve's response is that they may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden but of the fruit of the tree which is in the middle the midst of the garden God has said. You shall not eat, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Now, we don't have it recorded that God said, nor shall you touch it. So um, several people that have, uh, over the years, uh, the commentaries that I've read or have listened to teachers, they say, this is probably Adam, just like, uh, you know, uh, husbands usually say, don't, just, just don't even touch it, right? <laughs> you know, I've said that even to my kids, like it, whatever, whatever that is, just th they know, you know, if somebody's a gun owner, uh, I always told kids never, ever touch a gun unless you have, you know, it, uh, I don't need to get into gun safety in here, but there's, it's it, when you know that there's danger, just don't even touch it. There was, you know, when you, when you see that, um, I remember watching some friends of mine, uh, their mother uh, teaching the, the little brother who was quite a, a few years under us that they, they would act like they're touching the stove and they go, it's hot, it's hot. And, and you know, it wasn't on, but they were trying to, ow, you know, they do those things. And we did it, you know, with our kids of, oh, don't touch that. <clears throat> and you try to startle them away from, you know, those types of things. So maybe, maybe it was just a discussion like we don't even touch that. We don't touch it because we don't see anything of God saying you can't touch it. So the assumption can probably be made uh, that that Adam would have told her, don't, just don't even touch that. We're, we're not even getting close to it. So um, there's uh, so that's the implication as as we look at it. So what we don't see here is a greeting recorded where he like walks up. Hi, I'm, I'm Satan. I'm here to destroy your life and all the lives that come after you. You know, he's not doing that, you know. It's 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 just a what we have recorded is that the serpent came up and and uh, just asked the question. Uh, we don't see Eve being inquisitive and, and asking anything. It's just the, the the conversation just starts. So it seems like she's approached by a predator, the predator of her soul, uh, and he immediately went to work. So what we see is our enemy uh, will approach us and uh, and he can be very subtle. Uh, but he's always murderous. He's always lying. There's never like, oh yeah, you know what he said was true. And, you know, we can we. But that whisper that we may hear from our enemy, he does have you know demons. There 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 are uh, spiritual war uh, wars going on around us. It's what we know from the scripture. There are things that that we may be approached with, and or uh, it might come from a false teacher. You know, might come from uh, several several different things, but it's our responsibility to know and to be 
uh, wise as serpents, harmless as doves. Uh, it's our it, it's it's our I shouldn't say our ability. It's our responsibility as Christians to know the Word of God, uh, to to be serious about studying it and to know it. So Eve goes and, and she explains, you know, what they were told. And, and then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that in, it, in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. So immediately, right after she gives the uh, the explanation, uh, the, the the answer to the question, Satan twists God's words, and and like I said, he uh, he adds and he takes away. So he, when he's talking to her, he assures her falsely that Eve won't die. You will not surely die. So then we see here in verse five, he says, "For God knows." So here we go with him twisting, making God the enemy. That's Satan's thing, is making God the enemy. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened. You'll be like God. So he's he's in his playing of words, uh, he's, he's trying to convince Eve uh, that she's missing something. And uh, she, that, that God's holding her back from what she really needed. And if she took part in it, uh, she might be she would be more complete. Does that sound like the way sin has crept into our lives? You're missing this. Now this isn't really that. This book is ancient, right? Are, are we really going to hold to you know six thousand years of, of you know this this it goes all the way back six thousand years? Oh yeah, that was written two thousand years ago. We're in 2022. Things are changing, right? Satan. Can use you know using the media. Tell me we don't see uh, the 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 kingdom uh, of this world uh, sending out a demonic message, a satanic message that we that that the questioning of God's word would happen. I mean it, it's 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 foolishness to to look at it and say that that's not what's happening uh you know that's his that's his thing so he's he's immediately uh trying to convince her that she's missing out on something you know that 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 relationship that you have with god right now is not quite enough you need to do this and then you'll be like god Does that sound familiar remember his i will statements and the last one was i will be like the most high most definitely satan in the Garden of Eden, he tricks her, and, he, and 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 when he hits that point, you will be like God. <clears throat> you know, you can you can you can hear the "I will" statements coming out of that. It's important to understand that when he approaches Eve, he presents her with the three things that were warned against in the Scripture: the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. There are more things that we have, but uh, he, that's that's how he works: the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. It says uh, in verse 6, it says, So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, right? The lust of the flesh, good for food, pleasant to the eyes, um, and the lust of the eyes, uh, and desirable to make one wise, uh, would be uh, the last one, the pride of life. Those three things he presented to her and deceived Eve. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Remember, I, I mentioned it earlier, after 40 days of fasting, we can read in Matthew chapter 4, uh, Jesus was led uh, by the Spirit into the wilderness uh, to be tempted. And uh, what did Satan uh, use? What, what were the three things that he used to try to tempt Jesus? Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, right? You know, uh, there was the bread. You know, he hasn't eaten in 40 days. Hey, you can command the stone to become bread. Lust of the flesh. It takes him uh, to the kingdoms, and uh, and uh, you know you can have all these things. You can have all these things if you just bow, if you just bow down to me. And and Jesus said, "No, it is written." Every time there was something presented, you know, Jesus would respond with the, with the scriptures. Oh, isn't it written? And Jesus would respond with a correct scripture. 
And every single time, you know, Satan would say, well, why don't you just, why don't you throw yourself off? You know, the scriptures say that the angels will protect you. Just, just, just go ahead and, you know, jump right off the temple here, the pride of life. You know, in pride, you can just jump off. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to protect you, right? He was, he, he used the same tactics. He was defeated by the word. Eve could have easily defeated Satan. If she said, no, God said it, and I'm not, and I'm not going to partake in it. But she was deceived. He's the deceiver. That's who Satan is. So Eve was deceived. And we see here um, that uh, verse 3, is that where we, we stopped? The end of verse 3? Oh, no, verse uh, verse 5, right? So when the oh so when the uh, verse six sorry verse six um verse so she also gave to her husband with her and he ate sorry I I missed my uh, my spot right there uh, then the eyes of both of them verse seven were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings so uh, when we see in verse six that she partook and then Adam partook. It's important to understand that she was deceived. Adam, I mean, they, they, she was deceived into sin. Adam just chose to sin. You see what I mean? So listen to this. Romans chapter 5, verses 12 through 18 says, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, so Adam sinned, as right there, sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned, for until the law... Uh, sin was in the world, but sin was not imputed where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned, according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam. So the transgression is accounted to Adam. The sin is accounted to Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. Romans 5.19 says, For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. One man. So the disobedience is accredited to Adam. Eve was deceived. Adam willfully chose to take that and to partake in whatever. And we don't know what the fruit was. Okay. So the important thing to understand is people say it was the apple. Who knows what it is? It might be you know fruit that doesn't exist anymore. That's the. But uh, it, the 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 power to to uh, uh, open man's eyes so that they know that they're naked. Uh, and then they go cover themselves, and and uh, what ends up happening? It wasn't like this 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 uh, apple had this death juice in it, and the death juice was disobedience to God, was sin. That was the, the that was the actual um, what was in uh, that and partaking in that. So we read in verse seven, and the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they, they heard the sound of God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? Might be one of the saddest verses in the scripture. Verse 9 of Genesis 3, where it says, And the Lord God called out to Adam and said, where are you? This wasn't he. It's a, it's it means that mankind was now at this point lost by our own own decision, separated from God, jumping behind whatever they can to hide. It's not like they they could really run very far. They're in the garden and they hear the voice of the Lord and they hear Him coming. So the fall of man has has occurred. Uh, they bow down to Satan's hand. Uh, their innocence is now gone. So now they know that they're they're naked and they're sewing things up. And in the panic, they start sewing these things together to cover themselves. So verse 8 marks the first time ever that they hear the, the, the sound of God walking in the cool of the day and they're afraid. We don't know how long they were there before this happened. But it was the first time ever that they had heard the Lord walking, coming, and they were afraid. So they hide uh, from the presence of the Lord God uh, as if it was possible. 
you know, just just think how foolish it is. And he made them out of uh, and, and breathed life into their nost into his nostrils, and and uh, and and life comes and uh, created the world in six days. Created everything around the moments that he had where where God would bring animals to him, and he hippopotamus. You know, and he'd be able to, you know, those those moments that that were there, that they they were always comfortable being around the Lord, being with him. But now that they've disobeyed him and they've sinned and they've cho chosen to disobey him, they now are afraid of him. That's very that, uh, verses eight and nine together. You put those things together. It's it's incredibly sad. It's that broken relationship. To where man decided to, to uh, listen to uh, the creation rather than the creator. When you think of the ultimate goal for a Christian is, is to be in heaven, right? That's our ultimate goal is to be in heaven with the Lord. These two, they weren't in heaven. They were on earth in Eden. They were in paradise and they would have communion uh, with God. And uh, But everything's broken now. And now mankind can only long to be in his presence. So they, they were able to be in his presence. And then at that point, everything shuts off. And they're hiding. It's it's them that hid. It wasn't like they took a bite and everything, you know, like, like you'd see in a weird movie, turns gray and black and they spin around and they're automatically lost. And spiritually, they're gone. Spiritually, they've, they've disobeyed the Lord. But what they do is when they hear the Lord, they're hiding from him. And when God calls out to Adam, he's still calling out to Adam. He's still calling out to his children. Where are you? you know, he's still doing that. He's still seeking that which is lost. You know, where are you? Not to imply where God, that God doesn't know. So when he said, where are you? It wasn't like, oh, wow, I think I've, I think I've misplaced him. You know, it, it was it was a declaration of where, where are you? You know, in... Uh, when when God asked that, it, you know, it's us that sin and 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 hide from God. It's not uh, Him initiating the separation. The separation is there, and you know, uh, this is when when you you know, where are you? It's the the desperate call of a loving father uh, to their child. So where where are you? That desperate call. Um, verse ten. So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded that you should not eat? Then the man said, The woman whom you gave me uh, gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I ate. And the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? And the woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. So Adam hears God's voice and is afraid, and uh, he explains that he realized that he was naked and hid. And then God asked the question, and he said, how, how did you know? And uh, have you eaten of the tree, which I told you not to? It's the invitation for him to confess. Uh, that wasn't a question like, uh, we, you know, that God's there as a detective trying to figure it out. He knew everything that was happening here. Adam's response as we see here, is the point to Eve. And it's also a point to God. So Adam says, the woman that you gave me, <laughs> the woman that you know that you gave me, you know, I, 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 I don't mean to, to make a play of words, but he's literally, you know, as we see here, it's the point to God and, and the point to Eve. You know, that's the origin of us pointing to everybody else instead of ourselves, right? So he's pointing at his spouse. That never happens in our uh, our marriages, or uh, or pointing at his brother or sister. That's never happened in our lives, has it? Right? Yeah. He's pointing at God, as if to say, "Well, if you were doing your job, well, if you didn't give me this broken thing over here, I told her not to touch." You know, it's it's awful. It's awful. You know, God also asks Eve, and she admits that she was deceived. 2 Corinthians 11.3 says, But I fear lest, uh, this is Paul writing, but I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. 1 Timothy 2 verses uh, 13 and 14 says, For Adam was formed first, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived fell into transgression. 
scriptures tell us, do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. Repeatedly. We see it repeatedly in the New Testament. Do not be deceived. We know, based on what we've seen here, that Satan twists the truth of God uh, to the, his the truth of God's word uh, to this day. Uh, remember uh, how Jesus combated Satan, you know, by knowing and properly discerning the scriptures. It's important for us to know the scriptures. Let the the scriptures govern our hearts, our minds, and our lives. Because when our sinfulness wants to take over and wants to do this, that, or the other thing, we can go. Nope, the scripture says this. I'm going to follow this. That we we the scriptures tell us that. That which we obey, that is our master, right? So if we obey sin, sin is our master. If we obey God, God is our master. We need to control in, and I, I mentioned it, I think, Sunday, that, that the scriptures tell us that we are to bring every thought into captivity and the obedience of Christ. Every thought. So as, as our mind is starting to go in this uh, destructive direction or that destructive, wait a minute, what does the Lord say? What does the word say? I know that's wrong. Then we have the decision to make. Do we want to follow that or follow the Lord? And that may happen several times in a week. It may happen several times in a night. It might whatever it is. But if we if we rest our if we come to the resolve that we are going to follow the Lord and we're going to make our mind, then the thoughts of our mind come to the obedience of Christ. There is the victory. The, the victory is there. Do we want to claim it and walk in it? Or do we want to go back? We want to keep going to this, this, ah, this is pulling me. I, you know, I, I think I'm going to do this. We, we can trust in the Lord and pray, get in his word and meditate in it. That's where our strength is going to be because that's where Eve, Eve was deceived. The twisting of God's word is what he did. He took it, he twisted, add, add a little, take a little away. Da, 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 da. Here you go. This, this is what God said, right? And then, as she sees that that it's 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 pleasant to the eye and that it would taste good and that it would make her wise, then she wants to partake. You know, Satan works in the same way today. The tactics are the same. This is what you need in your life. This will give you fulfillment. It'll help. It'll give you everything. And then everything's destroyed. And we come to the point of well, what just happened? And the Lord will sit with us. You see? You see what happened right here? And the Lord will, will restore us. As we ask him to, and we repent, and we turn to him. So Satan had twisted the truth of of, of God's word, and he still does today. Uh, and I already I already said it here, but I have it now in my notes. Be wise as serpents, harmless as doves. We should be very very wise, very smart. We should know the scripture, how to apply them to our lives. Walk in victory. We have the power to walk in victory in Christ. We have it. It's there. Uh, Will has shared with us one of the best illustrations I, that I remember uh, that Will shared with us is Jesus has already opened the door of the of the cell. The, the cell door is open. We can walk out of it if we want to. But oftentimes our sinful nature will rule in us rather than us obediently walking with the Lord and walking in the Spirit. And we'd rather have the ability to close that door if we want. I want to stay right here. But we have the freedom in front of us in Christ. Verse 14. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than the cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go. You shall, not, you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. So we see the curse of the serpent on your belly. Uh, you shall go. Uh, you shall eat dust uh, all the days of your life. Now we see a prophecy. Genesis 3.15 says, And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. There wouldn't be any peace. There's always going to be uh, a war. He shall bruise or crush your head and you shall bruise his heel. Mortal wound versus uh, versus a, a, a wound that, that uh, we know that Jesus rose again. This is, the, right here, this is a prophecy of Jesus coming to crush the head of Satan. And that he was Jesus would be wounded 
for our transgressions, we know as we read through the scriptures, for our transgressions, but but he would rise again and he, li and he lives. Satan uh, he will be uh, crushed forever um, by Jesus Christ. Verse 16 says, To the woman he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall reign over you. So to the woman, it says, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain you shall... So I've, uh, the, the joke I've heard from women is, thanks, Eve. <laughs> you know, I've never been in, in labor, and I'm uh, grateful for that. But I know that there it's awful. It's uh, the, 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 um, the best thing I can... The best way to describe it is something awful that I don't want to go through in extreme amounts of pain. Uh, and it can be for hours long and uh, very difficult. So um, I heard a, I heard a, a teacher, I think it was, yeah, it was Joe Foch, where he said, can you imagine if like this didn't happen, you could have like a drive-through delivery, just go, hey, there's your baby, you know, and, and uh, without the pain. And you know, it was just kind of a good joke I wanted to pass along that I was blessed by. I was mowing my lawn listening to that, and uh, I, I, had to, I had to pass that one along. But because of the fall, uh, everything gets uh, gets awful for mankind. That woman in childbearing, there would be uh, child uh, yeah, childbearing. There would uh, bring uh, there would be much pain as she brought forth children. And your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall reign over you. So when we see here that the what was really deserved was death and hell but this is god being gracious so uh, the hebrew uh, literal when when it says here your desire shall be for your husband it's um toward your husband your desire uh so it, it where and when you start looking at the future tense of the verb and everything it's really your desire will be for your husband it's a uh, straightforward understanding it's more of that um there would be a power struggle between Adam and Eve. Your desire would be for your husband, but he's going to rule over you. Does that make sense? Your desire would be for your husband, but but he's the one in charge. He will rule over you. It would be a power struggle. So we've seen what happened with the serpent. We've seen what happened to Eve. Now we move to Adam, verse 17. Then to Adam he said, Because you have heeded the voice of your wife, and you have eaten of the tree which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life, both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herb of the field. In the, sweet, uh, sorry, in the sweat of your face uh, you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you will return. So the Lord says, be, it starts off with Adam, because you heeded your wife instead of the Lord's command. Uh, so because you heeded your wife. So uh, his wife was given to help him, and uh, because uh, she was deceived, she, she took part in him stumbling. Uh, and the Lord says, cursed is the ground. And it mentions toil, sweat, and pain will now be required. Uh, they would care for the garden, but all its fruits were uh, before they, they, they were in the garden. They would care for it. You know, it says that God put man in there to care for it. Uh, so they, they had their responsibilities in the garden. We learned that last week. Uh, but everything was ready to eat. It was watered. It provided nutrient. It had everything right there. Now man was going to have to work for everything that they had. And it's, it's a different type of work. So they were keeping uh, the garden before, but this is toil, sweat, and pain that are mentioned. Now only through much hard work uh, they were going to eat. So God explains uh, the wrong and the punishment here, and it's a lesson for us. You know, when, whenever we may be correcting uh, somebody, God is explaining the, the what, what is wrong. And I remember for our kids... We had read something. I think it was from uh, Dr. Dobson, or folks on the family, or something. That you know, if you're if, that it's that it is scriptural to uh, to uh, spank your kids, and uh, so you know, we we did spank all three of our kids, and some of them required more spankings than others, um, and uh, some of them would laugh, uh, <laughs> you know, afterward and have a little joke, and then we we're like, okay, now we know that they're too old for this, you know, and and then we moved on to different tactics. 
of like, well, now you lose your phone, no, you know, or whatever it is. But no, but you know, there are things. Well, you know, no friends over. You're gonna have friends over, whatever it is, because of this. Because you did this, this is gonna be the result. They had everything available to them. They had everything there. Now, with the sweat of your brow, with pain, with with a lot of work, with a lot of toil, it says, uh, now you're going to eat because you listened to the voice of your wife and you didn't listen to me. Now, that tells any husband that that or you you know you can look at this in a marriage. One may lead another astray. We have to be obedient to the word of God. And where one might not be, we say, wait a minute, the Lord says this in the scripture. We're not going to partake in eating of that fruit. We're not going to partake in going down this in our marriage. Or we're not going to do in whatever that is, you know, there, whatever circumstance may present itself. We're not going to do that in our marriage. We're not going to say hateful things to each other to try to hurt each other more. No, the Lord says that we should be sharing words of love together and we're supposed to be edifying each other and and, and uh, working together as we look in here, look in the scriptures. Excuse me. Those, those things aren't godly, that we shouldn't be saying you know hateful things to each other, whatever it is. We're not going to partake in that because the scripture tells us we shouldn't. It's plain, simple, done. You know, we, you know, sometimes it may be the wife saying, well, you're this. You know, I, I've had to be, Hey, you're, you're acting like this. You need, you know, like, you know, are you all right? Or whatever. She, uh, Jen's always been very gracious about it, but <laughs> she's like, you a little grumpy today. Sorry. <laughs> you know, it just, those, those reminders, you know, that, that, that we're here, you know, God created Eve as a helper to Adam. So when we, uh, when there is something to be uh, dis, uh, something to be uh, addressed, you know what is needs to be addressed, and especially to a kid or whatever, you know what's the course of action to correct this? You know we would sit with our kids and say, "You hit your sister, or you said this to your sister, or whatever, or you mouth back to your mom, or you slammed your door, or whatever." Uh, uh, so you have to get a spanking now, you know, and and. I always wanted to hit them very easily, you know, but you do a little bit just to get that sting. Like, Oh, cause there's the correction that comes from it. Right. And I hated every single time of doing that. And then I'd sit and I'd hug them and tell them I love them, you know, and uh, that wasn't important not to, not to correct in anger because when we correct it, believe me, my kid got a spanking in anger when they needed it immediately. You know, there were times of whack, stop that. You know, there was that. But um, and there were times where mom's going to shop. You and I are going to the car because you're throwing yourself on the floor. Let's go, you know that that type of thing. But we see the example from the Lord. You did this. This is uh, this is the um, the consequence. Genesis chapter three verse twenty. And Adam called uh, his his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all things. So the name Eve uh, comes from the Hebrew Hebrew. I'm going to mess it up. Shaba, but they do the, so, and I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, which means the living or life. So Eve is the living. So, um, Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was, so it, it's, there's a break there, you know, there's the, 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 uh, punishment from the Lord. And then it's like, Oh, so Adam, uh, Adam's now going to, uh, name his wife right immediately. Hey, I'm just going to call you Eve. Uh, we're going to ignore it's It's not like that. So Genesis chapter three, verse 21 says also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothe them. So this is the first occurrence of substitutionary atonement. That an animal, that some skin, had to be made for them. Had to die in their place. It was a tunic of animal skin. And we don't know what it was, but to cover mankind because of their sin. There was an atonement that had to happen. So it says that the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. Verse 22 says, Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us. Remember, we've discussed this, the Trinity. That that us, if it's in your Bible and it's capitalized, it should be, uh, because it's the Trinity. To know good and evil. 
And now, lest he put out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever, therefore the Lord God sent uh, him out of the garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. So he drove out the man, and he placed cherubim at the east of the, the garden of Eden, and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way of the tree uh, to the tree of life. So all the way back, uh, so I don't get ahead of myself too much, verse 22 is one of us. It's, it's referencing the Trinity, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. You can go back, uh, and it says, uh, we, let us make man in our image the same. So it declares that uh, what we see here is that, uh, that the Lord is now declaring that man has fallen and he knows good and evil. So he expels man uh, from the garden. That's another sad part in here. There's a lot of sadness in Genesis chapter 3. Um, the, the, the brokenhearted cry of where are you? Uh, and that man was hiding from God. And that they now had to be taken from the paradise that God had put them in. And, uh, and placed out to face the penalty of their sin. To be brought to the dry ground where there was going to be sweat, toil, and pain. Uh, so they're, they're brought out. So they, it, you know, he expels him from the garden uh, to the ground from which he was taken. So he was brought from the garden back to that dusty place where, because he was made, and then God placed him in the garden. Right? Then they get taken out of the garden, and he's back to the dust that he was made from, ashes to ashes, just dust to dust to dust. That they'll say at a at a uh, uh, funeral, dust to dust. That we came, seventeen uh, minerals in us are the same that are uh, in the dirt. You know, uh, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, brought right back out, and that he was going to be there, and that's where where he would die. Now, this uh, this is a very interesting thing to study. You may have read over it before, or or whatever. But in verse twenty four, it says that I said so. He drove out the man and placed a cherubim at the east of the Garden of Eden, and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. So the cherubim's there uh, to you know, guard the tree with the flaming sword that turned every way. So we've already discussed last, uh, I think we, uh, yeah, we discussed it last week that the, 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 the tree of life uh, still, we can see it in revelation. It's met, there's a tree of life in, in revelation that's there. But when you look at this, this tree of life, just understanding that God wasn't threatened by the tree of life. It's important to understand this. God wasn't like, oh, oh, we better watch out because if he eats of this, he's going to live forever and, and we're not going to know what to do. God is protecting man here. Who wants to live forever in this world? So God protects man from the tree of life because if they were to eat of that and not keep God's word, uh, it, it, would, it, would be, we'd, it would be stuck in this fallen world. It's a protection. God is protecting man from getting to that because why would we want to stay here forever? So, you know, interesting study. Genesis chapter 3 is a very, very interesting study uh, that, that we can, you know, if we're trying to blast through the Bible, you know, hey, I'm going to start Genesis, and I'm going to read all the way to Revelation. I'm going to go, go through as fast as I can. When you look at the, at the depth of what we're reading here and understand that this is where all of the craziness that we see in this world and we experience in this world all started back here. It all started back here. Uh, when, when I started, I said that we would see things like the fall of man. We'd learn our enemy's tactics. Uh, we'd see the beginning of prophecy, the declaration of a savior, the introduction, introduction of atonement and the, the need for covering uh, that would come from God. That man chose sin over, you know, what God had provided, and that we see uh, in the rest of the Bible the chaos that has ensued since six thousand years of just craziness, murder, rape, you know, uh, assault, uh, whatever, whatever you know, stealing and deception, and just we don't even have—I don't even have to name it. We all know how bad this world is. It all started way back here, Genesis chapter three. And it starts from here, and, and we see the origin of, of all those things that I just said again. It's all here in Genesis chapter 3. There's a lot for us to, to learn. And uh, may we not forget it and be able to, to, to keep it 
in our minds and be able to uh, to recall it when we need to. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that uh, we have it here, Lord, and we we can freely meet and study it. We pray for our brothers and sisters that have to do this in secret, that their lives are literally on the line when they uh, when they gather together in your name, or if they're caught with a Bible. And oh, Lord, forgive us, forgive us for the times that we have uh, neglected your word, or we as a nation, the freedom that we have to be in it. Thank you so much for it. The wisdom that we need for life comes from it. Oh, Lord, that we would be seeking your face, seeking your word, and, and to know it and apply it to our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.